From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. I'll be home for Christmas. You can plan. Ah, the holidays, a season of tradition and for many romance and warm and fuzzy feelings. Cozying up with a loved one by the fire, sharing a cup of eggnog, watching a rom-com with your number one, and giving gifts that surprise and delight. No wonder it's also the most popular time of year to pop the question. That's right, marriage proposals make December memorable in the lives of many couples. One thing couples are probably not thinking about, the possibility of divorce. Okay, sorry for the buzzkill, but my guest says that even if your union feels destined to last forever, you should still consider a prenuptial agreement, or as it's commonly known, a prenup. Randy Kessler is founder of KS Family Law. He's a professor at Emory Law School and author of Divorce, Protect Yourself, and joining me in the studio to talk about the thing that most people don't even want to think about. Randy, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I think everybody feels like they know what a prenup agreement is, but legally, what is the basic concept? It's basically negotiating a divorce before you're married. It's cutting the lawyers out of money. Here's what we're going to do with our money if we get divorced, so we don't have to pay lawyers to fight about it. You know what they say? They say half of all Americans' first encounter with the law is through a divorce or family law because everyone knows somebody or has a kid or a child support or, you know. Okay, so that sounds a little wet blankety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you think, you know, at one time, I guess, prenups used to be illegal because it was thought that they would encourage divorce. Now we hear about them all the time. So what's behind that evolution? So the evolution is that years ago, the government thought we don't want people to get divorced. It's not a good thing. So if we make it easy to get divorced by pre-deciding the issues, people will think, I can just get a divorce and put in place the prenup. People were getting divorced anyway. They were paying lawyers lots of money, using a lot of court time, taxpayer time, judge time. So the legislatures across the country said, you know what? If people are adults and they want to decide how to divide their property, let them. I know, but this is bread and butter for lawyers like you. I mean, isn't isn't a protracted divorce better for your business and billable hours? You know, I think that's a misconception. Sure, we can make a lot of money on one case. But if I can save somebody that trouble, I imagine they're going to send their friends to me and their relatives, and they're going to say, this guy was not in it to make all the money on one case. Because when one case ends, what are we going to do? We need another client. So it is fair to say, I think, that in popular culture and society at large, there's a common assumption that people who had prenups are rich. I mean, they're protecting their money. Are are prenups only for rich people? Uh, Rich people probably should have prenups more than other people, but... If you have something valuable that's really important to you, and it doesn't have to be monetarily valuable, this is the house that my grandpa built, and it's not worth much, but I want to make sure that I keep it in my family, that's worth it. Or, of course, the topic of the day, pets. Maybe you don't have something that's worth millions of dollars, but to you, you know, your dog, your goldfish, whatever it may be, you really can't do much with in court. So a prenup is about the only way to to pre-decide who gets it. I wonder if anyone has actually had a goldfish prenup. You know what? I would not be surprised. I've seen some <laughs> crazy gerbils. stuff. Well, like what? So we see people that ask all sorts of questions. Can I have a penalty provision if he cheats? Can I say that if she weighs more than X number of pounds, I don't have to give her any money? And I don't think those would be enforced, but I'll tell you what. It might scare somebody into staying in shape. Well, let's get to the pet thing, because I think that's really interesting. This is a relatively recent phenomenon, the pet nup, designating what happens to a pet if a couple splits. How common is it? Well, it's getting more and more common, and the reason is people are realizing that if you go all the way through to a divorce, the judge really has no power to do anything except give it to one side or the other. 
And so except in California, which now, you know, they usually lead the way in new fangled kind of laws, and they have one that says the judge can decide visitation issues for pets. But if you're not in California and you go out and you both love this dog, you better decide what you're going to do with it by yourselves, either before the divorce or even before the marriage. So I've actually I've only seen data for the UK. This is a new survey from a pet insurance company, so we'll take that with a grain of salt, where one in 20 couples have a dispute over over a dog. About 30,000 divorce cases in the past year involved one of those disputes. So apparently this is custody battles over dogs. Have you ever negotiated a pet nup? We absolutely have. And now the whole prenup may not be just about the dog, but that could be the most important issue. And, and we've seen it drive people to the brink. And, you know, you try to get creative. You try to say, well, he'll buy her another dog. And they look at you like you're crazy because you can't just clone a dog. Although, you know, one day that may be the solution. I know you said that states have had permission to make decisions about prenups. So that's probably year by year. But in general, when did the prenup start having legal status in the U.S.? So about 30 or 40 years ago, when people's divorce became more and more prominent, people were realizing, I should have the right to decide how I'm going to get divorced and, and not pay lawyers a lot of money. And what's more interesting to me is, in the last 10 years or so, states are allowing postnuptial agreements. What does that mean? Okay, so you've been married 10 years, and you're not sure if the marriage is going to last, but you're about to make a lot of money, and you decide, look, I'll stay with you. But if we get divorced, I don't want you to participate in this new income I'm going to have. Or my dad gave me this beach house but he wants to make sure that I lock it in so that it's for our family. And if we get divorced, he insists that I sign a postnuptial agreement. So those are the kind of issues. Or Tiger Woods, if she would have stayed with him, she probably would have said, I'll stay with you. But I want to make sure if we get divorced in 10 years and you spend all your money, you've saved half of it for me. Well, so that, that, but that seems even more sort of cold-blooded, if I can say that. But you're saying that this is a realistic way of looking at relationships. It's interesting. You say wet blanket and you say that it's cold-blooded and hard facts. But the truth of the matter is it lets love thrive. If, if you and I are having a disagreement and we're not sure our marriage is going to last, let's decide the money. Let's put that off to the side, agree what's going to happen if we get divorced. And then I'm not worried that you're staying with me for the money and you're not worried about your security. We can just go to therapy. We can figure out our lives. And if it doesn't work, the money's already decided. It takes that off the table and gets it out of the way so we can focus on whether we want to be together. I guess you could also make the case that if you can negotiate something like this, it's a good sign for any kind of union that you can negotiate something that's really difficult. Yeah. Or to be a cynic or to look at the other side, if you negotiate a prenup, it really brings out who somebody is. And if you see, holy cow, this person is never going to be generous with me, and I just don't want to be with them. And, we, and we've had that happen where somebody has said, I'm never going to give her more than X. I said, what if you're married for 10 years? No. What if you're married 20 years? What if you have grandkids together? You've been married that long. She will never get more than 100, whatever it was, $1,000. And they didn't get married. I'm speaking with Randy Kessler, family law attorney and founder of KS Family Law here in Atlanta. He's also a professor at Emory Law School and author of Divorce, Protect Yourself. And we're talking about exactly that, protecting your cherished items now, including pets. Let me go back to the pet thing, because I'm wondering, like, if pets are treated legally, are they considered property like a house or a car or more like a child? Well, that's exactly why they're coming up in prenups, because in court, they're like a piece of furniture. All the judge can do is give the couch to one side or the other. All the judge can do is give the dog to one side or the other. But you can avoid all that by signing a prenup or a postnup or a petnup. <laughs> okay. So if it came to it, you, you said judges make decisions about this. So would they have to enforce a prenup, you know, between somebody who says, I should have a right to visit my dog? 
Boy, that, that's interesting, and it hasn't been tried yet, and we haven't seen that case yet, because prenups can't do can't deal with children issues. You can't say that mom will have custody, because when the divorce happens, mom may end up being a drug addict at the time. So the courts always have the right to monitor custody issues. It's a curious question. When we get to the Supreme Court on that issue, one day, is the Supreme Court going to say, I don't care what you two agreed, what you agreed to is not best for that dog, I'm going to change the prenup. And that might just be the next big case in family law. I read one story of a divorce where one person was using the pet as emotional leverage, I think, to get a better settlement. Little did he know that the judge was a dog lover. So how did that one turn out? Oh, terrible. You know, you got to you got to know your judge. They say good lawyers know the law and great lawyers know the judge. Well, you got to know your judge's nuances. And um, I've had cases where the judge actually was the kind of judge that kept two little dogs in her chambers all day long. And the other side sort of made little of how much the wife was fighting about these stupid little dogs. That didn't sit well. <laughs> <laughs> How about prenups that have backfired? Or if one person may have thought that they were being protected, but it ended up benefiting the other party more. Happens all the time. You know, some people just feel like I'm going to tell my family and my friends that I got a prenup and I'm not stupid. I was smart enough to get a prenup. They turn around, they give away so much in the prenup, they come out worse than they might have come out in the divorce. They might say, fine, I'm going to get a prenup. I'm going to give her 75% of my assets, but at least I can tell my friends I've got a prenup. You know, it. Sometimes you're better off not having a prenup, and sometimes the fight about the prenup is not worth the fight. Okay, but you're sitting with couples who are in the flush of engagement, looking forward to the rest of their life. And it can come off as a little callous to think about, you know, how it's all going to end. But who generally wins, quote-unquote, when it comes to prenups? The people who have more money when it's signed? That's a very good question. And to me, and and I think that you have to really go through a lot of these to figure out who wins. And, And the really unique answer, and I think it's the right answer, is the person who is more willing to walk away. And it's really hard to say that, but I've seen people that want to get married. Everyone's in love and they want to get married, but there's always someone who seems to want it a little bit more. And when you get that sense of she's really willing to walk away, and I don't care if you're the richest athlete in the world, the most popular celebrity in the world, and I've represented a bunch of them that have said, you know what, I'm afraid I'm going to lose him or her. Let's drop the whole discussion. And so it's whoever really can stand up and say, I would rather not be married than sign that document that she wants me to sign. That's the person who wins. Have you ever seen in the process of putting together a prenup that couples begin to fight over the dog or the house? Absolutely. You know, it sort of brings out what's important to people. And, you know, but like you said earlier, if you can get through that conversation, if you can figure that stuff out, there's not much you can uh, that can throw you for a loop. It's weird. When you start thinking about family law stuff, it's always backwards from what the first impression is, you know. I, that's really interesting that, you know, you were sort of challenging me on the whole wet blanket thing. Yeah. Um, but, but it is. It's a downer to just bring it up. But if you had a second, third, fourth marriage and you've been through a bad, ugly, expensive divorce, you probably have a little more moral authority to say this time around, I just want to be safe. The part we didn't talk about is you have to have an excuse. I mean, that's something to help them with. Say that your brother is the one who went through an ugly divorce and you don't want to be like him if that's the truth or your parents or insisting on it. Blame somebody else. Let's, let me be the fall guy. Actually, that, that was interesting. You said if someone's lawyer or agent says that you should get a prenup, that's your kind of excuse. Yep. yep. Or, and I'm, I'm the fall guy a lot. Look, one of the reasons people hate lawyers, you know, don't tell him that I want to fight for the dog, but I want to fight for the dog. I said, blame the lawyer because I'm not going to know him afterwards. You're going to always have a family. You're going to always have a kid in common. Blame me for something he doesn't like. So of all those people who are like, oh, I hate my ex, they can hate you more. Ah, and they do. But you know what? <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll swallow that pill because I know it helps them. What do you tell people who say, I don't want a prenup. I, we love each other, so they don't need one. I say, go for it. You know, lo- better to love and lost than never to have loved at all. So try it. And 
those kind of people are probably going to be the ones that aren't going to fight as hard anyway, because what I always hear in divorce is it's not about the money. It's about happiness. Or as one of my clients once said, it's just about being less miserable. So when you want to get out, you want to get out and, um, you're seeing a future and, and really the money is often secondary, uh, to starting your life over. So prenups give you more faith in coupledom and the hope of unions lasting or less? Well, I'll be candid. I'll reveal something. I don't have a prenup. <laughs> and I'm happily I was going to ask. <laughs> I, I do not have one and um, our marriage is good. But uh, I don't know. I think everybody's different. You know, some people just need to have that security. Um, and I think sometimes prenups are good when I represent, let's be stereotypical, the rich guy who's marrying the young woman who doesn't have any money. And he wants her to feel good. He doesn't want the prenup to protect himself. He wants her to know that if you marry me and it doesn't work out, you are going to have at least X, Y, and Z to make her feel better. So there are all sorts of benefits sometimes that you don't think about until you start getting into the process. If she doesn't gain weight. <laughs> uh, if he's one of those, then he's probably not the kind that wants to give her a lot anyway. Randy Kessler, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That's Randy Kessler explaining that a prenup doesn't have to spell divorce, but it is there if you do choose to split. He is founder at KS Family Law and a professor at Emory Law School and author of Divorce, Protect Yourself. Let us know, would you consider getting a prenup? Do you think it's unromantic or just smart? Join the conversation on our Facebook group, GPB Radio's On Second Thought. We're also on Twitter at OST Talk. Earlier, you heard I'll Be Home for Christmas by Bing Crosby. And as we head into the break, we're listening to Kanye West's Gold Digger. More of On Second Thought coming up after a short break. I'm Virginia Prescott. Stay with us. If you ain't no punk, holler, we want prenup. We want prenup, yeah. It's something that you need to have. And when she leave your...